Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 26, The Transition, with Section 3, The Forms of Error, and 4, Borderlands. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 277. Let me not bind your son with laws I made. And that will be <laughs> led by Fran. And return to us this morning to read that lesson. Okay, um, Lori, let me ask you, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? Boy, thanks for asking, Lemoyne. Um, this is so brand new. Uh, it's just beautiful. I'm sure you've never heard it before. A little tiny piece from Mary Beth Scalise, and it's a parable. A parable. Little children on the beach eat rocks and shells. They rub their eyes with sand on their hands. The mother comes with a soft, clean cloth and sugar-swollen cluster of purple grapes. They must end their play for the day, yet resist. Grief-stricken for the little holes and hills they made, their childish sculptures will be washed away. Are, there, are those pebbly grottoes worth keeping? Has our father robbed them of fine creations? Child of a loving mother, from lush vineyards I bring ripe fruit, but you must forsake a meal of shells. Take the word of God into your bowels. Expose your marrow, the hidden deep, Delicious posies of pardon come to claim you, consume you, make of you a flavor of intoxicating peace. Isn't that beautiful? Let me not bind your son to laws I made. Yes. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was. Love it. Thank you, Lori. That's great. Why, it's beautiful. 
Uh, I want to just add one thing. It's um, this piece is so new uh, and so perfect that um, it continues tomorrow in uh, reflection of how tomorrow's lesson is a part of today's. So um, I'm really grateful. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that. And thank you, Lori. Okay, um, let me go through what I have for uh, who's here this morning. I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Jennifer, Karen, and Jessica, and everyone's reading. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Good morning, Great. Good thanks, morning. Sandra. It's Judy. I've Thank joined you. you, but I'll be listening this morning. Thank you. Okay, Judy. Hey, good morning, it's Diane, but I'm going to listen. Okay. Got you as listening, Diane. All right. Um, okay. Well, I'll go ahead then and get us started in Chapter 26, The Transition, Section 3, The Forms of Error. Begin with 10. It is not difficult to understand the reasons why you do not ask the Holy Spirit to solve all problems for you. He has not greater difficulty in resolving some than others. Every problem is the same to him because each one is solved in just the same respect and through the same approach. The aspects which need solving do not change, whatever form the problem seems to take. A problem can appear in many forms, and it will do so while the problem lasts. It serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in a special form. It will recur and then recur again and yet again, until it has been answered for all time and will not rise again in any form. Only then are you released from it. Lori. Uh, chapter 26, The Transition, Section 3, The Forms of Error. It is not difficult to understand the reasons why you do not ask the Holy Spirit to solve all problems for you. It is not difficult. He has not greater difficulty in resolving some than others. Every problem is the same to him because each one is solved in just the same respect and through the same approach. The aspects which need solving do not change whatever form the problem seems to take. A problem can appear in many forms and it will do so while the problem lasts. 
it serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in a special form. It will recur and then recur again and yet again until it has been answered for all time and will not rise again in any form. Only then are you released from it. Only then are you released from it. The Holy Spirit offers you release from every problem that you think you have. They are the same to Him because each one, regardless of the form it seems to take, is a demand that someone suffer a loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. And when the situation is worked out so no one loses, is the problem gone? because it was an error in perception which now has been corrected. One mistake is not more difficult for him to bring to truth than is another, for there is but one mistake. The whole idea that loss is possible and could result in gain for anyone. If this were true, then God would be unfair, sin would be impossible, attack be justified, and vengeance fair. Thank you, Lori and Fran. 11. The Holy Spirit offers you release from every problem that you think you have. They are the same to Him because each one, regardless of the form it seems to take, is a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. And when the situation is worked out, so no one loses, is the problem gone? Because it was an error in perception, which now has been corrected. One mistake is not more difficult for him to bring to truth than is another. But there is but one mistake. The whole idea that loss is possible and could result in gain for anyone. If this were true, then God would be unfair. Sin would be possible, attack be justified, and vengeance fair. Twelve. This one mistake in any form has one correction. There is no loss. To think there is, is a mistake. You have no problems, though you think you have. And yet you could not think so if you saw them vanish one by one without regard to size, complexity, or place and time, or any attribute which you perceive that makes each one seem different from the rest. Think not the limits you impose on what you see can limit God in any way. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Murray? Twelve. This one mistake in any form has one correction. There is no loss. To think there is is a mistake. You have no problems, though you think you have. And yet you could not think so if you saw them vanish one by one without regard to size, complexity, or place and time, or any attribute which you perceive that makes each one seem different from the rest. Think not the limits you impose on what you see can limit God in any way. 13. The miracle of justice can correct all errors. Every problem is an error. 
it does injustice to the Son of God, and therefore is not true. The Holy Spirit does not evaluate injustices as great or small or more or less. They have no properties to him. They are mistakes from which the Son of God is suffering, but needlessly, and so he takes the thorns and nails away. He does not pause to judge whether the hurt be large or little. He makes but one judgment, that to hurt God's Son must be unfair, and therefore is not so. Thank you, Robin Murray and Jennifer. Eighteen. The miracle of justice can correct all errors. Every problem is an error. It does injustice to the Son of God and therefore is not true. The Holy Spirit does not evaluate injustices as great or small or more or less. They have no properties to him. They are mistakes from which the Son of God is suffering, but needlessly. And so he takes the thorns and yells away. He does not pause to judge whether the hurt be large or little. He makes but one judgment that to, that to hurt God's Son must be unfair and therefore is not so. 14. You who believe it's safe to give, but some mistakes to be corrected while you keep the others to yourself, remember this. Justice is total. There is no such thing as partial justice. If the Son of God is guilty, then is the condemned. And he deserves no mercy from God but justice. But ask not God to punish him, because you find him guilty and would have him die. God offers you the means to see his, his innocence. <clears throat> would it be fair to punish him because you, you will not look at what is there to see? Each time you keep a problem for yourself to solve, or judge that it is one which has no resolution, you have made it great and passed the hope of healing. You deny the miracle of justice can be fair. Thank you, Jennifer and Karen. Fourteen. You who believe it's safe to give but some mistakes to be corrected while you keep the others to yourself, remember this, justice is total. There is no such thing as partial justice. If the Son of God is guilty, then is he condemned, and he deserves no mercy from the God of justice. But ask not God to punish him because you find him guilty and would have him die. God offers you the means to see his innocence. Would it be fair to punish him because you will not look at what is there to see? 
Each time you keep a problem for yourself to solve or judge that it is one which has no resolution, you have made it great and passed the hope of healing. You deny the miracle of justice can be fair. 15. If God is just, then can there be no problems that justice cannot solve? But you believe that some injustices are fair and good and necessary to preserve yourself. It is these problems that you think are great and cannot be resolved. For there are those you want to suffer loss and no one whom you wish to be preserved from sacrifice entirely. Consider once again your special function. One is giving you to see in him his perfect sinlessness. Consider, I'm going to say that again. Consider once again your special function. One is giving you to see in him his perfect sinlessness. And you will ask no sacrifice of him because you could not will he suffer loss. The miracle of justice you call forth will rest on you as surely as on him. Nor will the Holy Spirit be content until it is received by everyone. For what you give to him is everyone's. And by your giving it, can he ensure that everyone receives it equally. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. 15. If God is just, there, then can there be no problems that justice cannot solve. But you believe that some injustices are fair and good and necessary to preserve yourself. It is these problems that you think are great and cannot be resolved. For there are those you want to suffer loss and no one whom you wish to be preserved from and no one whom you wish to be preserved from sacrifice entirely. Consider once again your special function. One is given you to see in him his perfect sinlessness. And you will ask no sacrifice of him because you could not will he suffer loss. The miracle of justice you call forth will rest on you as surely as on him. Nor will the Holy Spirit be content until it is received by everyone. For what you give to him is everyone's. And by your giving it, can he ensure that everyone receives it equally? Think then how great your own release will be when you are willing to receive correction for all your problems. You will not keep one for pain in any form you will not want, and you will see each little hurt resolved before the Holy Spirit's gentle sight. For all of them are little in his sight and worth no more than just a tiny sigh before they disappear 
to be forever undone and unremembered. What seemed once to be a special problem, a mistake without a remedy, or an affliction without a cure, has been transformed into a universal blessing. Sacrifice is gone, and in its place, the love of God can be remembered and will shine away all memory of sacrifice and loss. Thank you, Jessica. And Sandra. Sixteen. Think then how great your own release will be when you are willing to receive correction for all your problems. You will not keep one, for pain in any form you will not want. And you will see each little hurt resolved before the Holy Spirit's gentle sight. For all of them are little in his sight and worth no more than just a tiny sigh before they disappear to be forever undone and unremembered. What seemed once to be a special problem, a mistake without a remedy or an affliction without a cure, has been transformed into a universal blessing. Sacrifice is God. And in its place, the love of God can be remembered and will shine away all memory of sacrifice and loss. 17. God cannot be remembered until justice is loved instead of feared. He cannot be unjust to anyone or anything because he knows that everything that is belongs to him and will forever be as he created it. Nothing he loves but must be sinless and beyond attack. Your special function opens wide the door beyond which is the memory of his love kept perfectly intact and undefiled. And all you need to do is but to wish that heaven be given you instead of hell. And every bolt and barrier that seems to hold the door securely barred and locked will merely fall away and disappear. For it is not your Father's will that you should offer or receive less than he gave when he created you in perfect love. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 17? And then roll into the next section with section title and first paragraph. Uh, good morning, it's Jude. I can do it. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Thank you. 17. <laughs> um, God cannot be remembered until justice is loved instead of feared. He cannot be unjust to anyone or anything because, capital, he knows that everything that is belongs to him and will forever be as capital he created it. Nothing capital he loves but must be sinless and beyond attack. Your special function opens wide the door 
beyond which is the memory of his capital love kept perfectly intact and undefiled and all you need do is but to wish that heaven be given you instead of hell and every bulletin barrier that seems to hold the door secure barred and locked will merely fall away and disappear for it is not your capital father's will that you should offer or receive any receive less than he gave excuse me i'm going to read that again for it is not our father's will that we should offer or receive less than he gave when he created us in perfect love the transition and the borderland complexity is not of god how could it be when all he knows is one he knows of one creation one reality one truth and but one son nothing conflicts with oneness how then could there be complexity in capital m what is there to decide for it is conflict that makes choice complex the truth is simple it is one without an opposite and how could strife enter in its simple presence and bring complexity where oneness is the truth makes no decisions for there is nothing to decide between i love that <laughs> and only if there were could choosing be a necessary step in the advance toward oneness what is everything leave room for nothing else absolutely beautiful thank you thank you judy and is there another new reader for uh, the 18 and 19 in the borderland another new reader for 18 and 19 okay back to you lori section 4 borderland complexity is not of god how could it be when all he knows is one he knows of one creation one reality one truth and but one son nothing conflicts with oneness how then could there be complexity in him what is there to decide for it is conflict that makes choice complex the truth is simple it is one without an opposite and how could strife enter in its simple presence and bring complexity where oneness is the truth makes no decisions for there is nothing to decide between 
and only if there were could choosing be a necessary step in the advance toward oneness what is everything leaves room for nothing else yet is this magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum nor is it necessary we dwell on anything that cannot be immediately grasped there is a borderland of thought of thought which seems to stand between this world and heaven it is not a place and when you reach it is it is apart from time here's the meeting place where thoughts are brought together where conflicting values meet and all illusions are laid down beside the truth where they are judged to be untrue this borderland is just beyond the gate of heaven here is every thought made pure and wholly simple here it is sin denied and everything that is received instead thank you Lori and Fran 19 <clears throat> yet is this magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum nor is it necessary we dwell on anything that cannot be immediately grasped there is a borderland of thought which stands between this world and heaven it is not a place and when you reach it is apart from time here is the meeting place where thoughts are brought together where conflicting values meet and all illusions are laid down beside the truth where they are judged to be untrue this borderland is just beyond the gate of heaven here is every thought made pure and wholly simple here is sin denied and everything that is received instead 20 this is the journey's end we have referred to it as the quote real world unquote and yet there is a contradiction here in that the world words imply a limited reality a partial truth a segment of the universe made true this is because knowledge makes no attack upon perception they are brought together and only one continues past the gate where oneness is salvation is a borderland where place and time and choice have meaning still and yet it can be seen that they are temporary out of place and every choice has been already made thank you friend and Robin Murray Twenty. this is the journey's end we have referred to it as the quote real world unquote and yet there is a contradiction here in that the words imply a limited reality a partial truth a segment of the universe made true this is because knowledge makes no attack upon perception they are brought together and only one continues past the gate where oneness is salvation is a borderland where place and time and choice have meaning still and yet it can be seen that they are temporary out of place and every choice has been already made 21 
Nothing the Son of God believes can be destroyed, but what is truth to him must be brought to the last comparison that he will ever make, the last evaluation that will be possible, the final judgment upon this world. It is the judgment of the truth upon illusion, of knowledge on perception. It has no meaning and does not exist. This is not your decision. It is but a simple statement of a simple fact. But in this world, there are no simple facts because what is the same and what is different remain unclear. The one essential thing to make a choice at all is this distinction. And herein lies the difference between the worlds. In this one, choice is made impossible. In the real world is choosing simplified. Thank you, Robin Murray and Jennifer. Okay. 21. Nothing the Son of God believes can be destroyed. But what is truth to him must be brought to the last comparison that he will ever make, the last evaluation that will be possible, the final judgment upon this world. It is the judgment of the truth upon illusion, of knowledge on perception. It has no meaning and doesn't exist. This is not your decision. It is but a simple statement of a simple fact. But in this world, there are no simple facts because what is the same and what is different remain unclear. The one essential thing to make a choice at all is this distinction. And herein lies the difference between the world in this one, choice is made impossible. In the real world, is choosing simplified. 22. Salvation stops just short of heaven. For only perception needs salvation. Heaven was never lost and so cannot be saved. Yet who can make a choice? between the wish for heaven and the wish for hell unless he recognizes they are not the same? This difference is the learning goal this course has set. It will not go beyond this aim. Its only purpose is to teach what is the same and what is different, leaving room to make the only choice which can be Thank you, Jennifer and Karen. 22. Salvation stops just short of heaven, for only perception needs salvation. Heaven was never lost and so cannot be saved. Yet who can make a choice between the wish for heaven and the wish for hell, unless he recognizes 
they are not the same. This difference is the learning goal this course has set. It will not go beyond this aim. Its only purpose is to teach what is the same and what is different, leaving room to make the only choice which can be made. 23. There is no basis for choice in this complex and overcomplicated world, for no one understands what is the same and seems to choose where no choice really is. The real world is the area of choice made real, not in the outcome, but in the perception of alternatives for choice. That there is choice is an illusion, yet within this one lies the undoing of every illusion, not accepting this. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. <clears throat> Thank you. 23, there is no basis for a choice in this complex and overcomplicated world. For no one understands what is the same and seems to choose where no choice really is. The real world is the area of choice made real, not in the outcome, but in the perception of alternatives to choice. That there is choice is an illusion, yet within this one lies the undoing of every illusion, not accepting this. 24. Is not this like your special function, where the separation is undone by change of purpose in what once was specialness and now is union? All illusions are but one. And in the recognition this is so lies the ability to give up all attempts to choose between them and to make them different. How simple is the choice between two things so clearly unalike? There is no conflict here. No sacrifice is possible in the relinquishment of an illusion recognized as such where all reality has been withdrawn from what was never true, can it be hard to give it up and choose what must be true? Thank you, Jessica. I've brought a percussion section for me. And Sandra. 24, <clears throat> is not this like my special function where the separation is undone by change of purpose in what once was specialness and now is union? Hmm. All illusions are but one. And in the recognition, this is so, lies the ability to give up all attempts choose between them make them different. How simple is the choice between two things so clearly unlike? There is no conflict here. 
No sacrifice is possible in the relinquishment of an illusion recognized as such. Where all reality has been withdrawn from what was never true, can it be hard to give it up and choose what must be true? Thank you, Sandra. And we've come right up to the top of the hour, so I ask you to give your attention to Fran as she leads us in the lesson for the day, Lesson 277. How are you, Fran? Thank you. Hi, everybody. <clears throat> we are in the second part of the workbook. theme that we're on is, What is the Christ? And today our lesson is 277, Let me not bind your son with laws I made. So I'll read some from What is the Christ, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is the Christ? Christ is God's son as he created him. He is the self we share, uniting us with one another and with God as well. He is the thought which still abides within the mind that is his source. Christ is the link that keeps you one with God and guarantees that separation is no more than an illusion of despair. For hope forever will abide in him. Your mind is part of his and his of yours. Home of the Holy Spirit and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind? This is the only part of you that has reality and truth. The rest is dreams. The Holy Spirit reaches from the Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth. Therefore, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. As we behold his glory, will we know we have no need of learning or perception or of time or anything except the Holy Self, the Christ whom God created as his Son. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 277, let me not bind your son with laws I made. Your son is free, my father. Let me not imagine I have bound him with the laws I made to rule the body. He is not subject to any laws I made by which I try to make the body more secure. He is not changed by what is changeable. He is not slave to any laws of time. He is as you created him because he knows no laws except the law of love. Let us not worship idols nor believe in any laws idolatry would make to hide the freedom of the Son of God. He is not bound except by his beliefs, yet what he is is far beyond his faith in slavery or freedom. He is free because he is his Father's Son, and he cannot be bound unless God's truth can lie and God can will that he deceived himself. Lesson 277. Let me not bind your son with laws I made. Five minutes.
Lesson 277. Let me not bind your son with laws I made. Amen. Thank you, friend. please. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Good morning. This is Sandra. Let me not bind your son or myself with laws that I made. And I didn't really make those laws. They, I was programmed. <laughs> I was programmed by the laws of man, which were handed down to me from my forefathers. And in truth, they are based in exploitation and slavery. <laughs> That's the truth. And then... I came across the Course in Miracles, which are the laws of God, the laws of love. The laws of man were all based in separation. The laws in this book are based in unity and oneness. And for me, it was a way out of this world, which wasn't working for me very well. And I spent many, many years just not wanting to be here. But these, applying these principles really, really just frees me and, and gives me relief from the pain and suffering of the laws of man, which there's only one place that I really need to forgive, and that's myself for, for buying into those laws. And as I was in that process of forgiveness, I thought, well, but everybody was was programmed with these laws. So I saw I began to see myself as innocent. It wasn't I didn't ask for it necessarily. It's like this is what I came into. I must have asked for it before before I became before I came into physical form. And it's it it could be apparent that I chose to come here to bring the laws of love and it hasn't been an easy path, but I can't do it any other way. I really don't have a choice. <clears throat> I used to say to myself, I wish I could go fishing, <laughs> like a lot of other people in my world have, have done. And, and I just can't. But those who are going fishing are just as innocent as I am. And maybe they're trying to tell me something, that maybe I shouldn't take this world so seriously. Maybe I should go fishing. Um, and I do now, but I do it living with the laws of love so that I can enjoy my play, my fishing, whatever you might call it. I, I, I don't fish. I, I go paddleboarding. But I, I couldn't enjoy anything when I was under the bondage of the laws of man because I was depressed. But when I live with these laws and apply these laws, 
and extend these laws, especially to my special relationships. I have peace. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. a huge lesson for me. I, good morning, everyone. Um, the words imagine, let me not imagine, let me not imagine I am bound, let me um, not give, give my identity to my body, I am not subject to, to anything in the world, um, and the words made and um, create in this lesson, the difference between the two words, and, um, you know, that the egos, the body, the body is an instrument of perception. It's a sensorial instrument, and it, it, its only proof is itself, and it's a limited, very small and limited, and a personal interpretation of the totality of reality, which is all of God's creation. And I liken it to, you know, Jude thinking from the mind of a bumblebee. You know, I mean, it, it's all relative in duality, but, you know, Jude's perception is just as equally val- valid as a bumblebee's. You know, but actually, you know, it's, it's the bumblebee's probably more true, more actual, more real experientially because he doesn't think about what reality is. He doesn't put his interpretation on what reality is. He's one with the flowers. He's one with the pollen. He's one with his hive. He's one with the air and the wind and the sun and the, and the um, other bugs. And, you know, he doesn't, there's no sense of separation or being lonely or, you know, all these thoughts and beliefs and thinking that, that Jew can have in the world. And, uh, you know, I love the text today. It's one of my favorite parts, that there's no decisions in oneness. There's no, there's no conflict in oneness because it, there is no me, separate me, thinking I'm separate, isolated, or alone. Um, and, I, I, you know, I let go of all, all, the, all the thoughts that I have, all the beliefs that I have about that, and there is no self. There's no personal self with an investment in her version of what reality is. So I love the lesson today because it speaks to this. I'm no longer a slave or in bondage to any of my beliefs and, and my identification to the body because I've opened my mind and I've opened my heart to experiencing my oneness without any borders or, or, or limits to myself. I know I'm one with the breeze. I'm one with the sun. I'm one with my experiencing everything in life without naming it or claiming it as my own. It's life. Life is living me here and now. And, um, you know, that the ego imagines the whole idea of this 
concept of self, the self-image that I'm a body, is a version, one small limited version of what the truth is. But it's small and limited. And God tells us, Christ tells us in this book not that we're so far beyond it in um, even our ideas of being free from it or being in bondage to it, that we really have to let it all go. And um, that, you know, that in my completely open mind and heart, letting go of everything I think I know, everything I believe, every purpose that I give the world or this body or anything, meaning that I assign to it and just be here, absolutely be here and be one with my experiencing everything today, here and now, that there's no limits on me. Um, and the truth might, of the totality of it <laughs> actually, actually reveal itself to me because I'm so open and welcoming. And... Um, I'm going sailing today, and I'm going sailing with the lady. If she makes it, she's coming right out of chemo, right out of chemo and going to get on the boat. And with an art teacher who does art therapy with children who are in in abusive situations, and um, with a fellow whose who's wife just um, passed away from Parkinson's disease, and um, a friend a friend who was a chef and another friend who was the captain and another person who was the co-captain, <laughs> first mate. <laughs> but I'm really excited just about all the mighty companions I have going into the day and here on this call. And remember, limitless joy is what God's will for us is. Heaven is God's will for us. And... Um, that suffices. Amen. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, thanks, thanks Judy. Judy. Thank you for that picture, Judy. Have a great time. Wow. Thank you for your share, Judy. Be a dolphin, not a bee today. incredible lightness of being. I don't have to be anything. I am nothing, and I am everything. What we are is unconceivable, unimaginable. We are not an image nor a self-concept. We are way beyond it. I am complete. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Thank you. this is Jen. I'm just going to... I'm just going to stay with the the child the, the the mind of a child and have a little fun here. Thanks, Jen. And yeah, Judy, I like that that picture too. Um, and I I think that um, God and the Holy Spirit gives us these glimpses throughout our lives, and some days more than others of the real world and um, of heaven. I think that, you know, we, we, <laughs> we're just walking through life, 
having these little nightmares in our own minds and then glimpses of heaven. And um, this section seems to be telling us that, you know, what's really real and what's really true is is the heaven part. And so, I, you know, I try to wake up every morning and remind myself to be ready for miracles and to be prepared to hand them out and as instructed um, and to really be where I'm called to be and to, and to be like Judy said, um, unlimited joy is, is my birthright. And, it's hard to believe that some days. Some days, you know, because of guilt and all that stuff, I think that, no, 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 I don't deserve to just be happy because look at so-and-so or those people or that place. And um, so he's reminding us that we we are encouraged to be joyful and to share in that that celebration with, each other and complete. That's beautiful, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say one Thank more you. thing, that there is no place where God is not. God's in the chemo. God's in the hospital. God's in the cancer. God's in all of it. And that's what we, as egos and, and personal points of view and opinions, and all that we think we know, we slice and dice the oneness up and say, God's not in this. And, it, and we become the complaint and the criticizer and the judger of it. And this is what the Course has taught me. We can't slice and dice it up because it's one. It's oneness is God. And God belongs and is in all of it. And that's what relieves us of having to think about it having to worry about it, the unconditional acceptance of it, the unconditional loving, absolutely loving all of it, all of it as one beautiful manifestation of, of creation. It's, it's a wonderful, amazing thing, the whole of it. I'm, complete. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really letting it rip today, guys. I love you, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Judy. That's great, Judy. Thank you. Stay with your feelings. Jude, this is Sandra, and you're just such an inspiration to me because I know you got circumstances, you got problems, and you apply this this these truths, these laws to yourself, and it's just so inspiring because you, it's like it's just beautiful and and Jessica that part of you you that doesn't think she deserves to be happy it's like i have that too sometimes and i and i i ask myself and this is from the course has god changed his mind about me <laughs> you know god's plan for me is perfect happiness it's me who 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 will who will put a who will abort god's plan because i want to be right I'm complete. I love you guys. I couldn't do it alone. I just, 
I'm, I, it amazes me that I can be happy in spite of Judy sometimes. <laughs> I'm complete. <laughs> This is Jennifer. Can you guys hear me right now? I'm in a different place. Um, I hope you can hear me. There's some uh, traffic along the road here, so forgive me. Um, but when it, the text talks about the real world, I think um, that uh, me accepting the truth of everything to the best of my ability being in the human form is feels like I'm feeling all my feelings and and then I'm just focusing on what is the truth in all this and accepting that I need um, you know the Holy Spirit in every moment or the Christ within me um, that's what the real world world represents for me um, I'm complete. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning. It's Karen. Um, I have a few thoughts, a few things. In the middle of the night, um, Spirit woke me up, and I felt like there were so many layers of falsehood that, you know, the one problem, the one problem that the text is talking about, what is the one problem? The belief in separation, the uh, misidentification of who I am and what I, what I am, the non-identification with the Christ self. That's my problem. And in that Christ self-identification, I'm one with all my brothers and sisters, the ones I'm having worldly problems with, the ones that I'm only psychically connected to in that oneness. And and it felt like the borderland was just this place last night where I was awake and I was aware that all of this this falsehood had to be purified. It had to be released. I had to be aware of it, you know, that the layers of of um veils of illusion that needed to be peeled away and the choice to keep going and and keep surrendering into the truth, the Christ self, the truth of the Christ self. I want to feel my oneness. You know, sometimes in the text call in the morning there's a there's a 
uh, feeling that that space itself. It's not a word. It's not a place where we're talking. It's during meditation where I feel like we're all one there and we're talking. We're all connected in that one place. That's the truth of who we all are, just one self. And um, sometimes when I feel afraid or I feel um, defensive or whatever, then I split off into my ego identification and try to defend myself. And I don't want that, but that's an old habit and that's a, um, a mistake. And it was talking about errors and mistakes and the willingness of just, let's get rid of this error, you know, the error that I'm that separate self. And the, um, I am under no laws but God's. So the lesson today, let me not perceive God's son as under these false laws of the world. You know, let me see the Christ in everyone and not, and not impose the laws of the world. And then I went through this whole list in meditation of what those laws are. Laws about money, financial laws, the laws about physical health, you know. Like I've been getting some feedback from people about, oh, you have to do this because this is nutritionally the thing to do. And, you know, all of that is wonderful and I'm not knocking it, but it's still, it's like, I am under no laws but God's. I am under no laws but God's. I am under no laws but God's. I am not a body. And yes, I definitely want to take care of it because it was gifts from God so that I could work things out here and, and find my true self. But I'm still under no laws but God's. And I'm not under the laws of time and space. Even though I think I am, I'm not limited to this body. I can... I can communicate to my mother who's in the hospital, you know. I don't have to be next to her for that to happen. Um, or even Jesus, you know, who's no longer in a body. There's no absence of communication in that. We are under no laws but God. And um, anyway, it was it was a really amazing night. And can't say I ever went back to sleep, but... But it was just feeling like more and more of me was willing to be filled with light and expand out. And all of the contraction of the drama of the last week was just opening up. And and I was just willingly letting go, or if you want to call it forgiveness, you know, just offering it to the divine and praying for all the people involved and, and not getting into their stories. And I can't even tell you how, how intensely awful the stories have been, especially yesterday after the call, <laughs> after this call. Oh, my God, there was so much more. But um, I know God is love, and that's all I want to offer into this, into this situation. And uh, the Holy Spirit is helping me get there. I'm complete. Thank you. I'm sorry if that was all over the place. I'm sorry. It was awesome. No, it wasn't. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Totally. Thank you. Thank you. It was. It was perfect. It was perfect. It answered the question that we talked about yesterday. 
Thank you, Karen. Can I say one more thing? It, it isn't as if I'm getting it right, you know, but I'm learning a lot by getting it wrong, and I'm definitely willing to get to do better and complete. Oh, man, that is so true. Thank you, Karen. I love you. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you, Karen. You're doing great. I I especially loved, I'm just going to say, because this really syncs up with a lot of what I was um, led into this morning. I'm learning a lot by getting it wrong. Um, The word for the day, some days I get a word for the day, The word for the day is the redeemer of perception. The redeemer of perception. And gee whiz, I was sure glad um, that everything fell into place underneath that heading, you know. Uh, Because that's what this lesson today is talking about. It's what the section forms of error is talking about. And it's what the borderland is talking about. Um, I used to think, <laughs> real simple, uh, let me not bind your son with laws I made. Okay, that means if I don't want to wear a seatbelt, I don't have to, <laughs> you know, because my body is what I'm not defending or whatever. But today when I uh, opened the lesson, a poem came to me right away, uh, Rumi's poem, Rumi's poem, out beyond right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. And when the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas of you and me don't make any sense at all. Beings are going back and forth between the worlds. Don't go back to sleep. This business of redeemer of perception and worlds, we touched on it yesterday, that the inside makes the outside. And uh, it's my belief that there's an inner life and an outer life that reflects the divide in my mind. Much of that divide, in fact, all of that divide, he says, is the belief in more or less that someone must lose in order that I gain, that there is such a thing as more or less. The idea of God's justice obliterates the idea of more or less. God's justice is simply to love more, to extend more, to envelop more, to bless more, to hold and embrace more, to reach and reach and reach and reach to my mind until my wrong ideas just like in what is the Christ today and in the lesson today I can be bound only by my beliefs what is the borderland the land of uh, thoughts and what are these thoughts that make it not heaven but getting close 
This is where the redeemer of perception comes in. Forms of error. He says really straightforward here are ideas, simply ideas or beliefs uh, that in more or less. My belief in more or less. It's judgment that makes problems seem real. In paragraph 14, it's my judgment that makes problems seem real. My judgment, the laws to which I would bind God's Son. The ideas I have about right and wrong, good and bad, you're worthy, you're not. Those judgments um, is what Holy Spirit wants to relieve me of and redeem my perception, which is redeem the meanings that I've assigned to everything. And when I when I slide into that place, when my mind shifts into that place, uh, I'm instantly reminded of one of the most beautiful stories I ever read. The story of Hetty Elstrom in a concentration camp, Ravensbrück, I think. And all these things were being taken and withdrawn and all the meanings uh, and everything that upheld the world of truth as she knew it. But she said in a letter to a friend, regardless of all this, I must strive to protect that place in me where holiness abides. (laughs) I must strive to protect that place of innocence, that place of truth, that place of absolute and true meaning of love. And here's the thing for me anyway. um, It's just like you say, Karen, layers of peeling away, the layers of belief of right and wrong, of more or less. Um, how do I give that up? How how do I give that up? How do I give up those meanings? He calls it forgiveness, but I needed to learn that forgiveness is for my mind. It's the release of my meanings and my beliefs and my ideas and we've all touched on it um, in one way or another Um, but I tended to um, I tended to retain some beliefs more than I retained others I call those core beliefs you know and and that's where I can identify with problems will occur and occur and occur and occur and occur until they're solved for all time this core belief that that there's more or less love that there's more or less justice that there's more or less truth that there's more or less mercy that there's more or less God I needed uh, to allow my perception to be redeemed and that to me was the gift of my life you know um, Here comes another one. Uh, What's the truth of this? Here comes another one, and another one, and another one, until my wrong thinking patterns were revealed to me. My wrong thinking patterns were revealed to me. A real simple one, real simple one that has been a recent discovery is that 
people who come to me to help me with my house have a more interest in money than they do in doing the job right. And I had reduced everything like that to a transactional uh, thing. You know, I wasn't seeing that person. I wasn't seeing that problem. I wasn't seeing um, exchange or bargaining or 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 any of that as influencing my belief. My belief was wrong. My belief was wrong. And that when I learned that this person here is here to bless me however it looks to me, well, it turned out to be a blessing. I don't know how that happens. I just know that the Redeemer of perception, the spirit that relieves me of my false ideas, has operated in my mind and now I sit differently. And it happened over and over and over again. You know, I had a real strong belief that my mother loved one of my sisters more than me and it influenced me until I was in my 30s. And, and it happened more and more and more. You know, it was a horrible situation. This one my mother loved more wound up uh, stealing my relationship. And oh my God, what a situation to uh, redeem. But through my mistakes, it's through my mistaken ideas where I can receive correction where the Redeemer of my perception can restore my mind to truth. That I came to realize every miracle is a miracle where um, my mind and this other mind is healed at the same time. And what's the learning? The learning is there is no other mind but this one. But the mind we share is shared by all our brothers. No matter how it looks to me, you know, I need my perception redeemed. Um, it's to me, it's a process, and um, the borderland of thought is a borderland of thought, and life gives me that. Life shows me that. Oh, here's another place where you can let the idea of more or less go. that someone loses for me to gain, that life is not a transaction where your loss is my gain or my gain is your loss. Life is a relationship. Life is a holy relationship. And when I share holiness, uh, what does that mean? What does that mean except to release my perception of differences and hold you in my same umbrella. And here's the thing, you know, to have give all to all, just like I will not bind your son with laws I made, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. To have give all to all, uh, the learning there for me was that I cannot really, just like he says, I cannot really give anything but love to anyone, nor can I ever receive anything but love from anyone. And I'll tell you what, these 
these times like waking me up at three o'clock in the morning when I'm in extremis I call it in extremis that means my back's against the wall it's so awful I can't stand it I need redemption I need peace I need justice I need love I need mercy I need not have this idea that's hurting me so badly in extremis it's in extremis for me that I'm willing to lay down this last thing this last one this I don't know what to do where he walks right into my life and says but Lori you can't really give anything but love to anyone nor can you really receive anything love from anyone oh I thought I thought this or I thought that or I thought the other in extremis is where I get these really big discoveries um, that usher me into a place where I realize the only problem I ever had was a problem of thought problem of thought and when my mind is healed of these mistaken ideas where I'm corrected that um, anything could ever hurt me the worst one of course was my mother you know the idea of loss that she's gone that her life is gone that her love is gone um, I, I needed some really deep healing on that one and that's the gift of life you know <laughs> I call it the tripe soup menu it looks awful you don't want to taste it uh, it it's the most horrible thing you can imagine but it actually holds your healing there and the healing of my perception um, the Redeemer of my perception the restoration of I will protect this place of holiness come hell or high water uh, nothing will interfere with this relationship I have to holiness um, regardless of how it looks life gives me those opportunities in extremists to realize I will I will I will protect this place of holiness and I'm complete oh, Lori, thank you so much thank you what a gift Lori thank you thank you Lori thank you Thank you, Lori. It's always so good to tour your heart with you, Lori. Thanks again. <laughs> no, I never know what to say to that except um Viva la freedom, huh? <laughs> I'm Thanks, Lori. That was perfect. Thank you. This is Jessica, and I just wanted to comment on the whole idea of themes in one's life. You know, it's like 
something keeps happening over and over again, and I'm like, why am I being victimized in this way? Why am I being treated unfairly? <laughs> why does this keep happening? You know, whatever it might be. You know, for me, it might be one thing, and for someone else, it's something else. And it's because I'm learning something, and I just... You know, it's kind of like going over the multiplication tables. Why are we still doing the multiplication tables? Well, because we don't remember them or something. Uh, um, and and uh, so it's really important for me to quickly shift my perspective when I think, oh, no, this stupid, you know, I, I've been having trouble with, with electronics. Like the, the thing in my car that it, it's a a leased brand new car, well, from January. And um, the instrument, not instrument panel, the, the thing that has the audio visual stuff, you know, the radio, the GPS, is not okay. <laughs> it does weird things. And I might be like following the GPS someplace and all of a sudden it disappears. And my phone will will drop calls or or not be able to tell me where I am, you know, and I'm like, why are these things happening? Well, I think, you know, I haven't really thought about why those particular things are happening, but, oh, you have a second? yeah, I got to talk to my plumber. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Oh, that was pretty good, Jessica. I liked where that was going. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jessica. I know that that this is Sandra, and that stuff happens to me. And uh, now, I mean, Holy Spirit, I, I just call on Holy Spirit, and I ask, show me the way out of here, because sometimes I can be on backcountry roads and there's no service or whatever's going on, nothing's working, and it's like, oh my God, now what? Because I really depend on that GPS. Um, but I call on Holy Spirit, and somehow I get out of there. I'm complete. Thanks, Sandra. Go, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning. This is Wendy. I... um. I've had an issue with my leg, hip, knee, hard to walk, can't play pickleball, which was becoming a favorite pastime. And, you know, like, why is this happening? What what in my thoughts are, you know, the, the teachers used to say that your arms and hands are the servants of your heart and that your legs and your feet are the servants of your purpose. And if you have a problem with your leg, perhaps you've strayed from your purpose. And, you know, for a while I kept thinking, oh, it's something I did, I shouldn't. And then I I was getting messages that I've been obsessive about my body, you know, exercising compulsively like an hour every day, uh, and so in the last year, because of this leg issue, I've had to pull way back from all those compulsions that I had. 
And the message I've been getting is about slowing down because when I'm moving so quickly through the world, I'm not contemplating the truth. I'm not in the presence. I'm, oh my God, I got to get going. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I tend to overbook myself and, you know, live in a, in a worldly way that hasn't really benefited the contemplative part of my life. So along with sort of a kind of, well, I guess this is really for my good, is to slow me down and to be more inward and not dashing out the door to go to the Y every day. Uh, and relaxing into life more than I had and recognizing a lot of things, everything can be comp- accomplished in the mind once you master it. Um, kind of like the, the Zen of anything. Do it mentally first and then it would follow with ease. So I'm, I'm grateful for these big shifts, you know, I was like this for decades and decades of compulsive everything. And to to sit back and go, oh, I see that there was an error in the excessiveness of it. You know, it's not saying don't go out and play and have fun, but at the same time, it's not make that your, don't make that your savior. Love is your savior. And to be aware of its presence, you need to slow down. I'm complete. Oh, beautiful. That was beautiful, Wendy. Thank yeah, you so much. Wow. Thank you, great, Wendy. Man. Thank you. I, I've had very similar experiences with health issues and surgery and stuff like that. It's like, I call it the smackdown. It's like, sit down. And just, you know, just sit down for a while. Um, yeah. Thank you. My, sorry, this is Jessica. My, the plumber is trying to squeeze in fixing the ejector pump in my basement while he's at a different job so he came running in earlier and i did not want to make him wait while i was sharing on the call so thank you guys oh thanks jessica thanks jessica Maybe I should tell him to slow down, but then he won't fix my problem. <laughs> tell him after. <laughs> right. Good morning again. This is Jennifer, and I wanted to um, share a little bit about slowing down and what that's been looking like for me. Um, instead of being a human doing, running from uh, chaos in some form or another. And first was um, I started a project of changing my house two years ago. And uh, my, my home was a reflection of my mind. And uh, just recently I came to a completion of that. And so I am experiencing great, great rest and free um, uh, invitation to, as I come and go from my home, I can rest, really rest, 
And um, the other miracle I want to share is I'm a um, massage therapist, bone work practitioner, um, and I help a lot of people um, with either therapy or the combination of the two. And helping myself um, has been something that's been really hard to do. I kind of like you come home and the last thing you want to do is what you do on yourself or somebody else. <laughs> um, anyways, although my dog receives a lot of uh, care all the time, uh, seamlessly from me. But anyways, but to do it for myself, and a miracle that I've been experiencing is that um, I'm, because I cleaned up my home, now my mind is very clear. I put things away right away. I take them out. I put them back. I clean that house a couple times a week instead of every couple, two, three weeks. Uh, there's no clutter. And it's an invitation for me now, even more so, that I can be present with what my needs are, uh, mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually. And now I hear clearly more and more, Jennifer, lay down. Now I want you to administer the work you do on others. Let's do this on ourselves. And in the past when I would do that in cluttered house or whatever, you know, I, uh, I would get somewhere. But now the work that I'm doing, the same work, but for whatever reason, I'm getting a complete release for my low back, and I'm, I'm completely amazed. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, this is everything, um, everything goes together. It's a form of loving myself by having my place cleaned up and in order, um, and then to go do help myself uh, with the body work. Somehow, I don't quite understand it, but I'm getting a full 100% release. And um, it's a miracle. I, I, I don't know, but I just know it's working. So uh, thank you. Thank you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. That's great to hear about. This is Sandra again. I can so relate because I, you know, when it, when it, when I got the download that self care and self love was my path, I, it was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I resisted it so much, and the the self care and self love has does look like slowing down a lot. I resisted the slowing down. It's like, wait a minute, the whole world is busy and I'm not, how come I'm not so busy? And, and then I had to deal with loneliness because, because I wasn't busying myself so much. I had to face the feelings of loneliness and I had, and, and the only way I could overcome the feelings of loneliness, which I thought was going to kill me was the Holy Spirit. Once I started integrating the Holy Spirit into my life, I wasn't feeling lonely anymore because I knew I had, I had Holy Spirit with me all the time. It's such a, this is, thank you so much for your share. I'm complete. 
thank you for yours, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. You go, Sandra. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, you know, if, in fact, the only thing we are uh, meant to do is to accept the atonement for ourselves, then we don't need to, I mean, um, you know, whatever we need to do to survive in this illusory world, sure. But a lot of the other stuff we don't really need to do. And... um, Accepting the atonement for myself is kind of a very time-consuming thing because there is um, there are a lot of pressures, and um, if I after the call, if I go about my day, there are many messages in this illusory world that are telling me that actually what the course says is the truth is actually not really what's going on. What's really going on is all these other sort of conflicts and, and you know, competitions and threats to various people and everybody pretty much. So, therefore, I end up having to, you know, revisit a lesson and or listen to a Ken Wapnick YouTube in my car call a course friend to talk about what's going on because otherwise I I get pulled into the illusion to a degree that is not doesn't work for me and doesn't help me accept the atonement for myself thanks thank you Jessica Great share. Thanks, Jessica. That seems to be the menu, doesn't it?
perception and states it as the purpose, really the, the whole purpose of this course is to get beyond beyond illusion. So, you know, he doesn't ask. He states it very clearly that every problem is an error. It does an injustice to the Son of God and therefore is not true. And that's from 13. And You know, what he describes is the scope of the curriculum here is the belief is uh, just asking us to understand that complexity is not of God. And so, you know, he also states early in the course, complexity is of the ego. And so there is this, there, there is a, um, you know, a point in the last chapter being called the simplicity of salvation. And it's so easy to lose track of it in the world of the 10,000 things where they all seem to have hierarchy and order and, uh, and it shifts from time to time, depending on what perceived needs are. But what he's asking us to to get to here is not some completed perfection, but just to, you know, this thing that salvation stops just short of heaven. For only perception needs salvation. Yeah. Heaven was never lost and so cannot be saved. Yet who can make a choice between the wish for heaven and the wish for hell unless he recognizes they are not the same? And that difference is the learning goal of this course has set. Its only purpose is to teach what is the same and what is different, leaving room then to make the only choice which can be made. So, no one understands what is the same and aims to choose where no choice really is. The real world is the area of choice made real, not in the outcome, but in the perception of alternatives for choice. That there is choice is an illusion. Yet within this one lies the undoing of every illusion, not accepting this. So then he says, is this not like your special function where the separation is undone by change of purpose and what was once specialness and now is union? 
All illusions are but one. And, uh, <laughs> and in this recognition, this is so, lies the ability to give up all attempts to choose between them and to make them be different. So, uh, again, a clear, direct statement. There is no conflict here. No sacrifice is possible in the relinquishment of an illusion recognized as such, where all reality has been withdrawn from what was never true. Can it be hard to give it up and choose what must be true? I guess I'm getting a, a sense that uh, the people have spoken about a lot about perception being the issue, but I, I get that an over-focus on it will then keep us in perception and perception of perception and just move further from what must be, you know, a central and universal relationship between atonement and forgiveness and I think simple acceptance of what is the same which is you know can be seen in all life and what is different which is all the 10,000 things in their differences and place and time at least and and those are temporary and um, yeah would make a difference between one place and another when it would all actually be viewed viewed properly as all the same. I I don't I don't have a lot to say, but I think this thing that all problems are one is uh, is something to uh, consider when facing particular problems. That that there is a problem is the error and leaves us at effect as an effect at the effect of life instead of allowing life to be central and be the cause here and to be something that is shared among all life. Anyway, turn leave it open. There's he's laid down a lot of markers here. <laughs> In short declarative sentences. And you know, there is no conflict here. All illusions are by one. And at 
bears uh, keeping in mind and and uh, seeking its practical application through our days. And uh, thanks to you all. Thanks to you all for being here. And for those who read, those who listen, those who may listen in the future, thank you all. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks for your being here, Lemoyne. Thanks so much. <laughs>